2: Welcome to the Road Wire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Uh, Not a ton to talk about this week because it's kind of that that lull period between the end of spring training and the start of the minor league season, but do the minor league games, do those seasons, uh, most of them kick off today?
1: Tomorrow is the minor league opening day.
2: Very nice. Well, we'll talk about some assignments, certain guys getting assigned to certain levels, uh, some some injury updates, some guys still prospect eligible at the big league level. But first, James, I just want to know we're about a week in. How are, how are things going for you in fantasy baseball?
1: Uh, things are going well. The, the more I care about the league, the better things are going. And the the less I care about the league, the worse things are going, which is probably how it should be. And probably, probably a sign that I need to cut some leagues out of my life. But, uh, yeah, things are going great in the main event. Uh, things are going great in Tout Wars. Uh, things are going well in TGFBI. Eddie Almaguer's got a pretty massive lead right now in the Champs League, but it's very early, and I think he's been capitalizing on some some shaky bats that I expect to come back down to earth, so so hoping to, to catch him in a week or so in that league.
2: Nice. Yeah, I have my first two picks in the Champions League were... Francisco Lindor and Giancarlo Stanton. So I'm hurting right now. I those two are my building blocks and um this is RiverWare Stake League as well. So you know not not off to a great start in those leagues, but um Towers going well so far. A few others. The big disappointment is the Reds. I mean watching this team today, it's just they can't hit like a softball. Like, they can't It's it's pathetic, man. And you know they've let me down year after year, but it's like I had a sliver of hope that they would be better, and it's just bad. I, I really think a scooter the scooter loss was big.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the scooter loss, I finally got a, a redraft share of scooter after fading him for many years, and then, of course, he goes down. and So I I do care about that. Uh, I wanted Yassiel Puig in, in tons of leagues and couldn't really get him anywhere, so I feel like I... I'm a little fortunate there, uh, but I, you know things are going to turn around for you guys. I think uh, are they? Puig specifically better days should be ahead. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised that Scott Schebler's looked this terrible uh, since you know he he was pretty competent last year, especially against righties, and was good in the spring. So I, I, 0 I think, for seventeen, I, th- I think he'll snap out of it. Uh, really sucks though that Senzel came down with that that sprained ankle because I think you'd be seeing a, a call up for him next week if uh, if he were healthy. So, um, you know, Luis Castillo, I think, looked good. Really sharp call by Jeff. Uh, I think it was back in, we were doing mag editing back in maybe like December, January, and I was editing Jeff's Rysel Iglesias outlook. And I think he had like a comment in there where it was just kind of like, you know, there's some reasons for caution or something like that. And I hit you up. I was like, are there reasons for caution with Iglesias? And, and you were like, yeah, Jeff's, Jeff's kind of out on him right now for reasons X, Y, and Z. And that was the first I heard of any of that. And now I've seen, I've seen Iglesias get dropped in a points league of mine already. So a really good call by, by Jeff. I didn't really hear anyone fading Iglesias that hard all draft season, except for him.
2: Yeah. And David Bell said that he was going to use him in a kind of a non- traditional role and it's been the case early also just looks bad the velo down even another tick from last year so that's down you know two plus miles per hour of the past two seasons that's really troubling i
1: I asked uh i asked todd whitestone who i I co-own that main event league uh, team with where he thinks josh Hader and jose alvarado would go in drafts if they were today because those are our two closers in that league and like alvarado everyone's just you know, watching Alvarado porn today, right as we're about to record. Uh didn't get a save but was pretty unhittable and I, I mean I think Alvarado might be a top six closer off the board if, if drafts were today. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, he's just nasty, man. Throwing hard with a ton of movement. Diego Castillo has a save as well, so I actually kinda like both of those guys in deeper leagues because as we're seeing, just different managers around baseball giving opportunities to different guys, not using one set arm to close out games and it makes things a little a bit of a headache, but it makes sense from a real life standpoint. Um, Taylor Rogers, he was in now who knows uh, the situation in Kansas city is a mess. So, you know, Seattle looks like it's probably Swarzak now, but um, we know it's coming every year, but still a ton of turnover just in the first week alone. Uh, but let's, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about TGFBI. Like, Um, because after the win last year, the fantasy gods have come to collect a pound of flesh for me. But (laughs) how many injuries are you dealing with right
1: now? Uh, you know, I got some. I got some minor guys, but the only one that's really a a significant blow is is Scooter Jeanette, who Mm -hmm. I've decided I'm just going to stash him until he comes back. I, you know, obviously could cut him, but uh, you know, I got Vlad coming up in a in a week or two. So once he's up, I might I might cut a hitter, so I think I can afford to kind of trade Stashing Vlad for Stashing Scooter. Uh I've been pretty fortunate on on the health side. Like I initially when the the Scooter Jeanette injury happened, I was all bummed out, but since then enough big name guys that I had no shares of have gotten super hurt, so uh I can't feel that bad for myself anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean having your first two picks go down hurts but i actually overall feel pretty lucky i mean only had turner one spot as much as i liked him i think i had him like sixth on my board you know having Yelich in a few spots just helps everything uh that's
1: really well, nice i i just want to say to like all the trey turner uh owners out there i mean you did everything right i think that he was a pretty shrewd pick anywhere from three to five and I know a lot of you probably got him later than that I think the process was perfect and you just got screwed over and and like the the fact that you it's such a devastating injury because you built your whole team around his speed allowing you to not chase speed later Uh, and the fact that he's his injury creates this gigantic hole on your team just sort of speaks to how valuable he would have been if he'd uh, never gotten hurt, so I just I feel really bad for all the trade turner owners out there because I think they did exactly what I would have done in that spot, and I just never had the opportunity to do it. The thing that sucks too is how he got hurt.
2: Like, oh man, kind of Squaring <laughs> around a bunt and you're like have your finger all stuck out like it's. I mean it's it, it's a fluky injury, but at the same time it's like what the, it's, it's preventable. Just don't bunt.
1: I yeah, it's, I mean I I remember how I was taught to bunt and. It wasn't it was, I mean I, I know it's it's always great when you and I reflect on our athleticism and oh, yeah. our athletic achievements, but uh i I wasn't taught to bunt that way, and like i feel I feel like if you have one of your best players up there bunting, he better damn well know how to bunt without getting his fingers hit by the pitch, yeah, absolutely,
2: well, aside from injuries and you know the red's sucking, which isn't a surprise, um, anything that is surprising to you about the first week of action?
1: Uh, I think it's pretty notable just how many high end pitchers have had at least one bad outing. And I think that, uh, it really kind of clouds what's going on in the standings early on. Obviously there's just a ton of noise in April, no matter what, but you know, if you use a first round, second round, third round pick on a pitcher and one of their two starts has been a terrible outing, that's gonna just completely skew what's going on in the standings so i mean if i mean pretty much every every ace other than jacob Degrom, i think has uh well and the the astros guys but like you know scherzer got touched up a little bit yesterday kluber got rocked today snell in his first start obviously nola. sale yeah nola uh so yeah it's it's just you know, we want to get past April and into May before we really start reading too much into what's going on in the standings because those those aces just play such a big part in determining uh, who's going to rise to the top.
2: Absolutely. Well, before we move on, a quick word from one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but like uh, not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people. Just like in your season-long league, drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold hard cash, get paid out the next day. Drafts start for just one dollar, and there's a draft for everyone. Um, you know, I've been tinkering, tinkering around a little bit, and I do think it's cool because in in regular DFS, you just have to hit on every spot, and there's thousands of other people who have. Uh, most of your same players, but in, in this again, it's a snake draft, so uh, nobody ends up with the same players. It's kind of fun. It's really quick, uh, nice and easy. Join me on Draft Today. Just search Draft in your App Store or play right now from your computer on Draft. dot com. And for a limited time only, all uh, Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code Rotowire. That's right. play a real-money game for free just by using my promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your first deposit. Search Draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. James is going to be talking with you about, well, first of all, you didn't write an article this week just because, again, it's that that dead period between you know minor leaguers uh, ending spring training and then starting games officially in, in the minor leagues. Uh, but you did do an AMA ask me anything on on uh, reddit this week so uh, anything came up there that really made you think
1: uh you know everyone just wants to know like who's gonna be the next guy like who who's the next wander franco
2: i'm gonna make you do that a little bit later in the season by the way try the, to get another streak going the,
1: <laughs> there i mean there isn't gonna be another wander franco uh i gave a bunch of just high upside teenagers if you want to check that out it's on my twitter page but the like the two big questions that kept coming up were what's boba eta and could alex kirilov come up this year for the twins uh to Kirillov probably not i just i think he would have to be the best hitter in affiliated ball in april and may and then the twins would probably need to have an injury to to someone for him to come up this year otherwise i think they're just gonna uh, bide their time with him. He'll be an early April guy next year unless they extend him, which I, apparently every single prospect's going to get an extension now except for Vlad. And then with Bichette, uh, I really am hoping that it's June. I think that that's probably the earliest that we could expect to see him, just given what the Blue Jays have done uh, in terms of how stingy they've been. Uh, but that's not guaranteed. Bichette would have to have a good – first two months of the season at triple a pitching which i expect but that's not guaranteed and the blue jays would have to uh do the right thing which is not guaranteed either but you know he's bichette's on the short list you know with guys like nick senzel kyle tucker he's on the short list of guys that i think are are worthwhile stashes in 15 team leagues i don't i think he's he's definitely a few notches below senzel and tucker just because there isn't that sort of certainty that he'll be up at some point. Uh, but he's got the type of impact potential where uh, I'm, I think he should be rostered in 15-team leagues. I haven't rostered him yet because I haven't found a guy that I, I want to drop, but like, I, I think he's he's probably a guy that shouldn't be out there.
2: Were there. Any interest in a guy like Anthony Alford who we saw get the, get the call? thought it was kind of interesting because they didn't even bring him up last September when rosters expanded, even though he's already on the 40-man. But now they're suddenly in a scramble to create a spot for him. Talked a little bit about him on the Saturday XM show, but I mean he had a
1: absolutely disaster year last year mm-hmm. performance wise. Uh just you didn't didn't really deserve a promotion to AAA or to, to the big leagues last year. He had an awesome spring, which I think is is weighing heavily. And and the the Blue Jays, I think at at this point they're probably like, well, It's kind of now or never for you because you've been in our system for almost a decade. And uh, we just, the Pilar trade obviously was done with the intent of giving Alfred every day at bats in center field. Uh, I think that he's just the the power and the speed make him someone that probably needs to be rostered in most uh, deeper competitive mixed leagues. I, I don't think he's on my radar yet in 12 team leagues. But I think in deeper leagues, uh, you know, he, he's got the speed to steal double digit bases. Probably won't get on base enough or get good enough reads to get to 20 steals this year, but he could get to 15 if everything breaks right. And then he's got 20 homer power. So uh, you're, you're buying into the power and the speed with him, and then you're hoping that he just gets hot enough that he could climb to the top of that order because the whole deal with him as a, as a prospect back, you know, when he his value kind of peaked. Uh, a couple of years ago, is that he could be a leadoff hitter and do these things. I don't really see that on a good team, but on this Blue Jays team, he could be given a shot to lead off at some point this season. Yeah, this
2: Blue Jays team is not what you'd call a, a good team. I'd, I am interested because the the raw tools have always been there. Now it seems like he has made leaps with just the the baseball skills. It seems like he's coming along, developing as a player, and yeah, I would like to see him. So that that call up was a little surprising. I'd say a little bit more surprising was John Duplantier's uh, promotion. They're going to use him out of the bullpen. So, does that take him off the the radar for you in pretty much all leagues that aren't NL only? Uh,
1: that actually puts him onto the radar for really? me more than it would if he was a starter. Like I, I'm, I think I'm more interested in speculative speculative closer uh, Duplantier than I am. Uh, starter like I I just think that he's I always sort of thought he would eventually end up in the bullpen uh, after just kind of a couple years as a starter where he was effective at times but struggled with durability and stuff like that I figured he'd eventually move into the bullpen Uh, but the fact that he's there already I mean this is kind of a dream scenario for me because I think he's just going to be absolutely nasty Uh, the fastball and the slider it's just a like a prototypical ninth-inning arm if, you know, obviously he threw three innings in his debut. So I think it, it's going to take some time for him to kind of work his way into that, that hierarchy. But uh, So you don't think it's going to be just a multi-inning type of Well, role? I I mean, I think he's just by far their best reliever. And I think that that in itself is going to lead to saves. Uh, you know, he already got a save. Um,
2: so three-innings save.
1: Right. So I, I think he's – very useful in that type of role. Like if you're if you're starting, um, you know, if you're starting a guy like say Chad Green, uh, I'd rather have Duplantier. Uh, I'd probably still rather have like Adam Adam Ottavino and Ryan Presley, but like he's in that mix. The stuff as a reliever is that good. Like he's he could be an elite reliever as early as this season. So it's it's really interesting to me. Um, you know, I would probably if if he stays healthy and stays in that bullpen all year. I think I would take the over on 10 saves for him just because I think that based on usage and and eventually, you know, I I don't have any trust in Greg Holland to be good. Uh, Archie Bradley, I mean, they clearly don't really care to give him that role. Um, So that it's, it's really interesting to me that he's in the bullpen. I'm, I'm more interested than I would be if he was a starter.
2: Very interesting. Very interesting. I think it is Duplantier by the way, but you know, agree to disagree for now. I, I went, Looking at old highlights to, to figure it out because I wasn't sure Wanted to try to get it right. But yeah, it's, it is kind of a strange pronunciation for the kid. Uh, with, with Trey Turner going down, I know there was some talk on Twitter that maybe we see Carter Keyboom. He didn't get the call initially, but I mean, I guess Turner's without an official timetable. If this is a, a really long absence, do you think we could see Uh
1: We could. I, I think that... The, you know, obviously Mike, uh, yeah, Rizzo said that they weren't going to call him up right now, but the Nationals are obviously really aggressive with guys. And I think he, he made a good impression in spring training and in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I don't, he's not the type of guy to me where I'm rushing out to stash him in, uh, mixed leagues i just i don't i don't think he's going to be that productive if he does get the call and it's not even a lock that he gets the call like even in the first half this year like i I think he uh struggled a little bit at double a relative to how he performed at low a and high a and uh it's possible he struggles out of the gate at triple a which you know you're not going to promote a guy that's struggling at triple a uh to the big league so even if he got the call, I think that the batting average would be a bit of a drain initially. So he's not really on my stashing radar. I think he's going to be picked up and stashed in in a lot of leagues this weekend, but unless it's a NL only or a league with some sort of minor league slots that you can, you can put a guy into, I'm not really that interested right now.
2: I gotcha. Um, Jonathan Loisiga is getting the call today. Any any interest there? I know the innings are the real drawback. He just hasn't had them. But as a guy, you can pick up, plug in the short term. Was, is he a high priority guy?
1: I have a lot of exposure to him tonight. I have him going in. Uh, I think all of my NFBC leagues and Tout Wars. So he was he was pretty much my only pickup in all the in those NFBC leagues over the weekend. So
2: no Wong, it, the hell man.
1: <laughs> I, Wong man, what a stud! Is he, gonna, day, right? is he gonna get to 30 bombs
2: <laughs> this year? <laughs> Twenty is within reach now. I <laughs> after that Stanton news, I was pretty bummed, and then he hit a homer on Monday, so I was at least kind of jazzed about that. But I don't know, just the guy who I've been waiting on for a while and giving him another chance, but we'll see. I mean, uh, Fab was kind of uneventful. I did get him, we got G Man a couple spots. Um, none of those, nothing that was that exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, are, are how. Obviously, I beat you on bids for Lois Sega in at least TGFBI. Uh, I mean, do you. Are you not that interested just because you think it's just going to be like a two-start run for him in the rotation, or are you worried about how he's going to perform against the Tigers tonight?
2: Uh, well, that Tigers team. I mean, the Reds have been bad, but good grief. They've been. I actually don't know if they've been. Worse than the Reds, but seems like it. Um, more so is just that I have him in labor, and I just you know, I saw an outing of his in the spring, and I was not thrilled with what I saw. Um, just looked a little out of whack with his mechanics. I'm hoping tonight's a different story. Um, but hopefully, you know, in this window, he'll be pretty good. I, I don't know when that window is going to be. Just too many question marks for me to go to go too heavy on the bidding.
1: Yeah, I. I I went around like 30 bucks on him out of a thousand really just with this Detroit start in mind. So, uh, if he, if he doesn't have a good outing, that's going to look like a, a pretty bad pickup, but he's so much better in my opinion, in terms of just skills, uh, of the available guys in competitive 15 team leagues. So I felt like it was a pretty solid spot start option. And, uh, you know, if he's really good, then maybe there's a way that they can squeeze CC in without it affecting him. Maybe somebody else gets hurt, but at least tonight, I'm I'm crossing my fingers that he goes out and and spins a pretty nice outing.
2: Yeah, I think my most added arm over the weekend was actually Bryce Wilson. I think the the outing he had, where he was kind of roughed up, just kind of turned everybody off. But I know you're really high on him, and that's really the thing that. Led me to go get him in Tout and then the Sirius XM Dynasty was somehow still out there. So I'm hoping for better things against the Marlins this week.
1: Did you start him this week? Yes. Yeah, we've
2: we've Well not in every league. <coughs> Couple of.
1: We've got him going in Maine. I mean if you're not gonna start a guy in a fifteen team league against, against the, the Marlins, Marlins, then you probably shouldn't be rostering them. Uh so that's <laughs> hoping for better things there as well. Um
2: but you like, again, like your pitcher predictions, we went over, but you like him more than any other arm in that rotation.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you gave me like a fully healthy Fulty, I'd I'd probably take Fulty, But just with the elbow issue, I felt like that was a prediction that had a decent chance to to work out. And, you know, like we saw from Freddie Peralta today, like just because a young pitcher got rocked in their first start of the year doesn't mean that – they're someone you should just give up on. It, it's it's a process, and uh, I'm expecting better things from from Wilson in the start against the Marlins. I mean, if he if he has trouble in that one, then it's you know then you're going to be faced with a tough decision over the weekend. But uh, I think he bounces back.
2: Yeah, man. Recency bias will do some strange things to people. I swear, people love just pulling their pants down and just <laughs> show, showing the rear end of the world sometimes with these. Victory laps, good and bad on players. It's just crazy. Um, one prediction that you did already get right here, James, unfortunately, is Hunter Green needing Tommy John. Had a setback recently. Um, I mean, is, are we looking at like 2022, 2023? It's, it's going to be a while, I know that, but just how much is this um, hurt Green and and his long-term outlook?
1: Uh, I sort of had it factored in already like obviously i made that prediction i'm not happy about getting it right i mean there were people hitting me up on twitter like like oh yeah good job like i'm not happy about this one guys like i'm definitely not gonna take any sort of victory lap on on that one um but i i sort of expected his, where i had him ranked kind of factored in the the elbow risk uh he's you know so he's going to miss all this season he probably doesn't return to game action until around the all-star break next year and i think he probably does that at low a maybe he gets a maybe he gets a taste of high a before the end of the 2020 season but then probably opens back up at high a in 2021 maybe finishes 2021 at double at a and then probably debuts in 2022 so this this definitely sets him back
2: yeah, man, it's a real bummer. But again, as you've been alluding to, and as we said in our outlook for the site, it's just it was the elephant in the room all along. And part of me just thinks at least they're getting him under the knife now. No, no more of this waiting around, trying alternative routes, get the surgery done. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that this setback happened. Now, uh, let's talk about some guys heading to certain affiliates. Kybert Ruiz, what do you think about him getting sent back to Double uh, A?
1: Yeah, this was a surprising one. Uh, Kai Bear
2: Ruiz, I think. I'm trying to get these names right. Sorry,
1: but I'm on. glad you're. I'm glad you're trying. I should try. I should try a lot harder <laughs> than I do. Hey, uh, you
2: know, you study the player. I just try to get the names right,
1: um, and uh, let
2: you do your thing.
1: Yeah, but the top, you know, top catching prospect in baseball. Uh, he is going back to Double A after being a league average hitter there and impressing scouts in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, this one was kind of surprising to me. I thought he'd go to Triple A, but you know, part of these surprising decisions, uh, kind of the same thing happened with Eustanil Diaz with the Orioles when a guy surprisingly gets sent to Double A and you thought he was going to go to Triple A. Sometimes it has to do with just too many guys on that Triple A roster that the team wants to get looks at early in the season and they don't have a spot for someone like Ruiz. I think it's really going to be like a three or four week thing though with him at double a and, and then he gets up to triple a, but um, you know, kind of a, you know, I, I saw some people talking about maybe Ruiz is up in the second half this year. Uh, I think this all, but kind of rules that out because this is still uh, I think he maybe just turned 21 or something like that. He's, I mean, Catching prospects typically don't debut at that age, so I think it's going to be a month, maybe a little bit more at Double A. Then you'll you'll see him finish out the year at Triple A. Probably head back to Triple A to start next year, and then he'll debut sometime in, in the first half.
2: Nice. Well, a uh, pause for a second to uh, to talk about our other sponsor, SeatGeek. Geek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay, and there's nothing quite like being there in person. SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on a value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget, plus every purchase, is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I actually just use SeatGeek to buy tickets to a Tim Heidecker comedy show. I'm a big Tim head. Um, see us, by the way. You see us yet? Tim's, no, not Tim's yet. In that show.
1: Have you? Tim's you, in that movie. We we got to go see it. I loved it. I thought you got to go great. see it again with with me and my wife.
2: I want to see it a second time, really bad. So I'm down. Uh, there are a lot of great events coming up as well. You know, WrestleMania is this weekend. There might still be some tickets there. Uh, the All In All Elite Wrestling show coming up in Vegas a little while. In the future, um, but best of all. My listeners get $10 off their first Geek purchase of $30 or more. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code MLB today. That's promo code MLB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. Geek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Uh, more guys in their uh, assignments to start the season. Nick Madrigal, you a little surprised that the White Sox did not uh, promote him more aggressively.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of... People, myself included, included uh, expected him to get assigned to double A this year. He's, you know, he's still got stuff to work on. Uh, primarily, he's got to cut down on that ground ball rate. And I mean, he's just, he uses the opposite field a little too much. I, I love it when guys can go the other way, but you don't want the majority of your hits going. To the opposite field because it just really caps your your power potential, especially for a guy like that. Uh, so you know, I'd like to see him work on on pulling the ball a little bit more, lifting the ball uh, if if possible. But I think he was probably ready for double A, so this was a little surprising. Uh, kind of like with Ruiz, I expect him to just kind of dominate for a month at high, a and then and then get the the move up. But again, I think this also anyone that thought they'd see Madrigal. This summer with the White Sox, you know, it's it's possible but not not looking all that probable.
2: Nice. Uh Victor Victor Mesa, where's he headed?
1: Uh he is going to high A and it was always a, kind of a question of whether he'd go to high A or double A. Uh much more pro experience than than uh most of the top twenty eighteen signings, so it was it was definitely in the in the cards that he could have gone to Double A, but I I like that they're taking kind of a conservative approach with him. You really want these guys from from Cuba to get off on you know a, a good a good foot in pro ball. You don't want them to struggle out of the gate. So I think that this gives him an opportunity to succeed right away. And you know if he if he does, he'll be at Double A in in June or so. Um, it's a it's a pitcher friendly league though, the Florida State League. So keep that in yeah. mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jazz Chisholm, you know, only 36 games. um, Yeah, 36 games at high A last year. Had a 32.5% strikeout rate in those games, yet promoted to double A to to start the year. What's your thoughts on the Diamondbacks not having him go back to the high A level?
1: Well, I think it's it's exactly what A.J. Preller would have done. Uh, This is an aggressive promotion for a guy that has deserved aggressive promotions and i just want everyone to be be prepared for there to be some struggles here like it's possible that he just hits the ground running at double a and uh kind of does what we saw him do at high a but it's it's definitely possible that he has a rough first couple months that might create a buying opportunity in dynasty leagues if you want to try to buy low on him um you know, if he's got a K rate of like thirty five percent and he's hitting like two forty at the end of April, I'd I'd start sending out some offers. But I would expect him to eventually figure things out and and turn things around. But uh, just want people to be prepared for for there to be some growing pains as he adjusts to double A pitching.
2: Nice Wander Franco, only eighteen years old, but a little bit of a surprise that he's not going to a higher level than Low A. Am I right?
1: Well, it it just completely depends on the team. Like I I think. Like so, if he was if he was in the Padres organization, I think he'd be going to High A. Um, you know, there are some other orgs where I think the assignment might have been really aggressive, uh, just because I, I I just don't see him struggling at all or really learning a ton against Low A pitching. I think he's just too talented for that to give him much trouble at all, but. Uh there's definitely something to be said for just, hey, go out. If you master the level in like three weeks, that's fine. We'll bump you up. But we want to see you master it first, and I think that that's what's going to happen there.
2: Nice. Well, any other early su- assignments that caught your eye with minor league players?
1: Uh, I do want to just point out that um, Anderson Espinosa and Sixto Sanchez – uh, starting back in in extended spring training, I think that that's just um, you know to to keep uh, their innings in check this season. You know that's that's what the Padres did with Chris Paddock last year. They've said several times that they're kind of putting Anderson and Espinosa on the Chris Paddock track. But the fact that we haven't seen Espinosa throwing games and we haven't seen Sixto Sanchez um, throwing games since last year's uh, injury scare i think it's just you know i'll breathe breathe a sigh of relief when those guys actually do get sent out and start pitching in games because you know sixo sanchez was one half of that hunter green prediction too so I, i just would be a little worried until i see those guys in games but there's you know it's definitely possible that this is just to manage innings espinosa's been it's been quite a while for him in the the return from tommy john surgery it's not a 100% success rate if he'd returned in, in a normal time frame he would have been ready for a winter ball this past off season so just keep an eye on that and then uh my guy Luis Garcia with the Nats another aggressive assignment to uh double a he'll be the youngest player i believe in at double a uh this season so uh yeah, that was part of my i think i predicted he would hit like 300 there or something um keep an eye on him i mean i i think that he is more of a 2020 guy, but it would not be the craziest thing in the world if he just tore it up there and and we saw him in the big leagues at some point this season.
2: Nice, you mentioned earlier early in the show that you think that Vlad is still coming up next week. Like,
1: uh, on track for that? It seems like that. Um, see, that would be next weekend. Like, it, he could come up Friday, and they would get that seventh year next Friday, and it, they would get that. Um, extra year control uh, or just any time in that weekend series I think against the the Rays where it's at home um, but I do expect him to debut at home so if it's not that series I think it will be that two game series against the Giants which is the following weekend.
2: Very nice well I hope to see him I was standing down I need him on my labor team uh, not doing too well to start that one But James, uh, we have some exciting news to share. I'm excited for you because um, you're the man and you have great analysis and takes, and I'm excited to to be on with you on MLB Network Radio starting uh, next week, next Saturday. So not this coming Saturday, but the one following that. Going to be talking about fab targets, two-star pitchers, prospect talk, all kinds of stuff, but a really exciting opportunity to be able to expand beyond the the fantasy channel and go to actual MLB Network Radio.
1: Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, you know, I I know it's a it's going to be a, you know it's Saturday night, kind of right around dinner time, so it might be tough for a lot of you guys to tune in. Uh, but if you're, thankfully, you're, they have on on demand. They do have on demand, so I would I would put that feature to good use. Um, really, really cool because like you know the fantasy channel. I think it's syndicated in, like, half of the uh, XM packages as the MLB Network channel, so we'll be getting a lot of new listeners there. So, yeah, I would really appreciate your support tuning into that or checking it out on demand. Uh, Should be a good time. Yeah,
2: man, I'm excited. You know, the the Fantasy Channel, I've had a lot of fun with you in there, but, you know, we're not big football guys. We're just just not and so and you know they want us to talk some of that some some other things that we're just kind of you know i just hate feeling like i'm uh a fraud you know right i don't want to be a fraud i want to talk about things that i uh at least know something about
1: there's there's a reason why like i we get such good feedback on like this podcast and like um you know like farm fridays like and it's it's because like we actually know like what we're talking about and we're uh, you do well I mean I don't yeah, know <laughs> it like there's nothing worse than like well it's funny when when you and I try to talk football I mean uh, we have we have fun with it right you make mean, it
2: into a, a goof
1: I like finding out who's good and and stuff like that but um, yeah just just being able to focus hundred percent on baseball on the uh, MLB Network channel will be. A nice relief, and you'll be able to hear us past, like, June 30th. You'll be able to hear us in July and, and August right. and September. Yeah. So.
2: We'll be officially removed when they mandate that switch on the Fantasy Channel. Because, again, we don't want to put out a couple guys who don't really know what they're talking about. We want to give you guys who are focused on football. Our focus at the company, though, is on baseball exclusively. So, looking forward to that. Um, what day is that? Is that the thirteenth, yeah, April thirteenth. So please tune in on demand if you can't catch it live. Appreciate your support. Uh, that's really really exciting. I'm I'm excited to host with you, James. Should be fun. All right. Before we sign off, we didn't do this last week because we had Ian Khan on the show, but uh, our latest entries into the countdown of the most memorably bad hip hop singles. I got a one that's uh, really memorable. People may be surprised that it's not higher on the list. You may have it number one. I think you can make a case for it being number one. Uh, Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Oh, um, could go with any number of Will Smith tracks, but man, that, Wild Wild West. Know. You know the the movie was terrible. The song, <laughs> the the key title song for the the
1: movie, maybe even worse. I mean, I, could it be worse than that movie? <laughs>
2: We're talking about hip hop songs, yeah, maybe. I
1: mean, I guess it is like Selma Hayek in that movie. I guess just like Selma her, Hayek her being in is, like yeah. some of the shots is is probably better than any part of the song. <laughs> I, uh, think 100% right. I think you're
2: 100 right. You just made the case for the song being better than the movie, or the uh, movie being better than the song.
1: Um, yeah, I mean that I didn't even consider Will Smith. I mean, I I get a kick out of Will Smith. I mean, love Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but definitely definitely not uh in the rotation <laughs> no. and i think a lot of people would probably just not even think of him as like a, a hip-hop artist but um oh. yeah that that counts that counts for sure uh everyone i think has probably heard that song so um, i mean i
2: guess who, who like sang the hook in that was it like cisco or somebody I gotta look
1: that up oh man what was the what uh i'm trying to think of what song even got sampled um See who's all in this? Because
2: I mean, the hook was kind of catchy
1: in a way. Oh, Will but... Smith can sing a hook.
2: <laughs> I don't even think it was him singing the hook, but
1: um. Oh uh, yeah, featuring uh Drew Hill. Yeah, so it was. Coolio um, D. Yeah, that was Cisco. So it was Cisco. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: Cisco can can belt some some good tunes, but yeah. um, yeah, that song was still terrible. <laughs> I mean, just got off.
1: Um. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm reading the uh, description Wikipedia. of that movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that movie was on like Netflix a couple of years ago. I tried to watch it again and just was like,
1: <laughs> what is going on? Um. All right, uh, my entry is uh, Always on Time by Ja Rule.
2: Oh, this one's on my list too,
1: but a lot higher. Look, I got other Ja Rule songs that I'm going to put up a little higher. <laughs> uh, but Featuring Ashanti? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, which one Which well, one doesn't feature Ashanti? That's true.
2: Ashanti <laughs> is spe- the uh, Cisco. Of yeah, you hating.
1: specify when the Ja Rule song doesn't have a Ashanti on the hook. You don't have to specify <laughs> when it does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that one's just kind of a really lazy... Uh, boring hook that gets stuck in your head and that uh, hey look ladies love it um, oh yeah but I'll tell you what wasn't on time though
2: um, all those fire festival like food uh, plates
1: yeah the, uh, the houses the housing, and the, 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 the payments to the people there in the native country <laughs> definitely not on that time was, that was good, that was good. I appreciated that <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be high on my list. That was actually one of the first ones that came to mind when we started doing this, because that song, like, what what does he mean? He's always on time.
1: He's always there when you call. Okay. He's always on time. So he's just... He gave it it his all, and he's always...
2: (laughs) (laughs) I try to think, is there, like, a hidden meaning behind this, but... I guess it just means, look, I'm gonna not be late. <laughs> look,
1: I'm gonna be there when I say I'm gonna be there. <laughs>
2: I won't be a minute late. All right. <laughs> well, maybe you could do some other things, well, <laughs> ja. Well, that'll do it for us. We really appreciate you guys listening. Again, please tune in to the MLB Network show, uh, April thirteenth. We really appreciate it. Talk to you guys next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast.